Thinking is a very powerful thing. Most people do not realize how powerful it is, but I want you to know the importance of understanding the cycles of thinking and how thinking affects your spirit, your soul, and your body. Let's take, first of all, this first point, which is simply this. God's given you and I authority over our minds, and the Lord has given us the ability to control our thinking. 2 Timothy 1.7 2 Timothy 1.7, notice what it says here. It says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us power, love, and notice this last phrase, and a sound mind. So that means you and I can have a healthy mind. A, a, a sound mind is a healthy mind or a whole mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-6 through 6 in the Amplified. I really like this version of it. Notice what it says here. For though we walk in the flesh... Excuse me, though we walk and live in the flesh, we're not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh using mere human weapons. So this is not a physical thing. Verse number four, the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they're mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. And what are those strongholds? Well, look at this. We're refuting arguments, theories, and reasonings in every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Where is all that happening? It's happening in your mind, right? And we, look what it says, and we lead. Everybody say lead. Lead, and we lead every thought. Notice that phrase. We lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. And it says, being ready to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church, as a person, is fully secured and complete. So notice these phrases here. It's talking about, again, controlling our mind, controlling the way we think. And I think, again, what the beautiful thing about this verse of Scripture is, could you put that verse of Scripture back up there, please, one more time? There we go. All right, refuting arguments and theories and reasoning, every proud and lofty thing that sets us up up against the true knowledge of God, leading every thought and purpose away captive. That means something that you and I can do. It's not asking God to do something, it's you and I doing. And we have authority over these things. If you don't take authority over your mind, your mind will take authority over you. So many times we think about taking authority over our body, and that's true. But also what I'm here to talk about is taking authority over your mind, because as the mind goes, the body goes, right? Second thing I want to talk about, toxic toxic thoughts and thinking are extremely harmful. Most people don't realize that, but they're extremely harmful. And we just sort of bypass this kind of thinking. I'm going to get to some examples. But over in Proverbs 23.7, Proverbs 23, I mean, yeah, 23.7, this is a verse of Scripture that's always jumped out to me. This is in the New King James. Proverbs 23.7 says, For as a man thinks, or as a, yeah, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he or she. Notice that. As a person thinks, they are. Isn't that interesting? So many times we just sort of, well, it's just thoughts, Pastor Brian. No, no, no. Thoughts over a period of time lead from one thing to another. And again, I want to share some more about that in just a minute. I'm not a psychologist, and I'm just a pastor, but at the same time, I know the spiritual power that's in words is something that I've emphasized from the foundation of this church 19 years ago, because I want people to know that thinking actually dictates the way you're going. And if you're thinking a certain way and you're meditating a certain way, which is, is, is we meditate spiritually on the Word of God, but we also meditate through worry and fear by rolling things over and over in our mind. I like to say it like this. Every time you have a thought, it actively changes or affects your body or your brain. It really does. 
And again, disciplining your brain and disciplining your thinking is not easy to do. And But once you achieve it and once you work on it, I'm telling you what, it will help you in life. I promise you. You can be having the world collapsing around you, but you can be mentally at peace regardless of the circumstances, knowing that God has a pathway before you of peace and that he'll bring things to order because you're trusting him. So many times we think, well, I'll just worry myself through this and reason my way through this and hope that it works out. Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) You can do that if you want to, but I'm going to choose the God way. That's what the world does. They just roll the situation over and reason them, you know, reason their way through it, which is fine, but I'm not going to do that because I really believe if you take the pathway of God's best is to, to, to trust him in this situation, I promise you'll get better. Number three, number three, detox your brain from negative thoughts. Pastor Brian, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You can literally detox that stinking thinking. You can take authority over it. I mean, it's not good for you to think that way. And I'm going to get to some illustrations here in a minute. But let's look at Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. Deuteronomy 13, 19 through 20. This is, this is a very powerful statement here about a lot of things. But how does it relate to thinking? Well, let me show you this. Let me show you this. I call, this is God speaking, by the way. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. So God's given us a choice, right? What are we supposed to do with that? He says, therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So what you do affects your family, not only you, but your family, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his what? Voice. Notice that. That's important too. So God is speaking. Your mind is speaking. The devil is speaking. But God is also speaking that you may cling to him, that he may be your life, as it says, for he is your life, and the length of your days, and that you would dwell in the land which the Lord swore to give you, which is what Jesus gave for us, the promise of who he is. But notice that phrase, that you would love the Lord your God, that you would obey his voice, and you would cling to him or desire him or put him first place. But it goes back to that one word of choice. What do you mean, Pastor Brian, by choice? Well, I mean, it's about choosing the things that are coming before you and how are you going to respond and react again I notice a lot of people would think this that that you know thoughts are sort of harmless but let me tell you something they're toxic and when they build over a period of time they will conform you into what you're thinking and your thinking will actually control you and it will actually dictate your life's pattern and you can't let that happen I mean you just cannot let that happen a lot of people that don't know the Lord let that happen and they do things that are horrible because their mind gets so entrapped over a certain thing when you study the life of, of evil men like Adolf Hitler I mean his mind was completely warped and perverted not in a sexual way but in a perverted way of how he thought about people races control and all those things and one thing led to another and he got people thinking the same way. You know, Germany didn't rise to power in the 1930s because of military force. It, it came to power because one man and a group of men started thinking another way and promoting that type of thinking, and they got people thinking like that. And not only they went from thinking, they went to believing, and then after believing, they went to acting. But say, Pastor Brown, what about toxic sayings? What about things that, you know, I say every day? Are they harmless? Are they hurtful? Or are, are, are they destroying my life? Well, I don't say necessarily destroying your life, but they're not helping your life. For example, let me give you some examples here. First of all, here's a good one. Procrastination. I'll do it later. (laughs) 
<laughs> you say, Pastor Brian, that's not really thinking. Yes, it is. You're, pr- you're, you're pushing things off. I'll do this later. I'll do it later. I'll, I'll take care of it later. I don't want to deal with that right now. You keep pushing it off. So many people do this when it comes to health in their bodies. They do not want to see a doctor, and guess what they do? They'll push it off, push it off, push it off, push it off until symptoms happen and things happen. And that's not the way to do that. And again, it could be other areas of your life. Ignoring it doesn't make it go away. That's pretty good preaching. All right, another, another type of uh, catastrophic thinking is this. One bad thing happens to another to me. It happened to my family. It's going to happen to me. No, you can't say that. If you keep saying that and thinking that, that's dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. Because let me tell you something, that will lead to bad things happening. Because you're saying it, you're believing it. Well, my grandfather, he, he died at this age, I know it'll happen to me. No, 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 you don't need to be saying that. You don't need to be thinking that. You say, well, Pastor Brian, it's in my genes. No, you're, the, you're born of God. You have a different set of blue jeans on. <laughs> you have a different set of genes in the Lord. I mean, seriously, thank God for your family. Thank God for your heritage. My mother was telling me this week, she said, you know, you sort of look like your father, but you sort of look like me. I don't know where you came from. I said, well, mother, I hope you do know where I came from. <laughs> so, no, I, was, I understand. She said, you know, because I, I said, mom, I said, God's helped me to be who I am in him. My identity is in him. Here's another one that I think is interesting when people look at their life and think, I'm, I, I just, I'm inadequate. I cannot do that. Well, hold on, hold on. The Bible says in Philippians 4.13 that you can do all things through him. When you keep saying that I'm inadequate or I can't do this or I'm not able to do this, you're limiting yourself. You're limiting yourself to the point where, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to give up. I was in Talladega this week. And I was actually over near the Graham School uh, area where I grew up and um, the middle school area where I was. And I, I was over there at the band hall. I was just walking around. I was doing my steps and walking one afternoon and just, just being myself. And, and I was at this band hall. And I'll never forget, I went in there and I had a, I, I tried out for the band. And, or I was trying not to be in the band or in the music department. And uh, my teacher, um, I'll never forget, Miss Fleming told me, she said, I have zero, you have zero musical talent and you'll never amount to anything musically. And if I were you, I would just give up on this dream of playing the drums because that's never going to happen. I was so crushed. I was so devastated. But you know what? About four weeks later, I went and got me a pair of drumsticks and I said, you know what? I'm going to be able to play the drums. I will do that. And I went on a journey from a young 13-year-old to, I mean, a 9-year-old, excuse me, on a journey all the way until I was 19. And I was determined to play the drums. And uh, it just, it was just something that drove me because she said I couldn't and I said I could. I'll never forget, I saw her when I was 19 years old. I'd just come back. I had the honor of playing in the Orange Bowl and uh, with this band I was playing with. And that's a pretty good deal when you're playing in stadiums. And I'll never forget, I saw Miss Fleming in a uh, Woolworth store. That's going way back. I said, Miss Fleming, it's Brian Jacobs. She didn't remember who I was. Well, you told me that I couldn't play the drums. I just want you to know, I just came two weeks ago from playing to nearly 100,000 people in the Orange Bowl. And uh, don't ever tell it somebody you can't. 
because they can. And I got saved about four weeks later, and it was all good. <laughs> anyway, and I wasn't mad about it. I just said, you know what, you motivated, you motivated me to, to, to tell me that I couldn't play. But I want you to know, Miss Fleming, I said, everybody has the ability to sing or play if they'll work at it. And I said, yeah, I maybe was at the bottom, but I, and I worked awful hard. But I spent six to eight hours playing every day, and I had people train me. And that's the reason why I became a decent player, not because of who I am, but because I chose to do something that I, I believed I could do. And it's the same thing with you and I. Another thing that we need to do is we need to really take care of ourselves. You know, if you're on an airplane, what's the first thing they tell you to do as far as the oxygen? Put the oxygen on yourself, right? And then to help the rest of the people around you. So many times we need to do that for ourselves. I mean, listen, it is great for you to love people, help people, especially if you're married and you've got family and children. But sometimes you need to help yourself. Sometimes you need to do something positive for you. Two years ago, I, I don't need this. I have, I have, two, have two degrees already, but I decided I wanted, another, uh, I wanted a master's. And so I said, well, I'm not going to pay for an expensive school to go to, but I found this particular school that's fully accredited, and I'm going for $200 a month. That's pretty good tuition. And uh, I didn't do it because I needed it for this job or what I do as a pastor. I did it for me. I did it because I, I, I'm disciplined every day to walk and to exercise and, and try to, you know, enhance my health, but also want to exercise my mind. And sometimes we come to a place in life where you need to do that. You need to better yourself. And God gave that desire in you. He wants the best of you. And, you know, <laughs> and when I, when I first, my first two degrees, I was not a good student. I had to work at it, and I didn't, I didn't make any honor, you know, levels. But on the last two degrees and the one I'm in right now, I'm magnum cum laude, and I'm thankful that, you know, here I am at a perfect A average. And I took a test yesterday. I was so mad because I missed one of them, and I've already got this dissertation to, to the professor tomorrow saying, hey, this is a trick question. I actually found the answer, and here it is, and I'm going to plead my case because I want a hundred because that's all I want. And uh, you say, well, Pastor Brown, what's that have to do with life? It has everything to do with life. It, you're bettering because of God. God gives you those desires and we should never quit. You say, Pastor Brown, I can't go to college. Who says you can't? Who says you can't get a, you know, a, an extended education, whatever it may be? Someone told me the other day they were 50 years old or 52 years old. said, I can't play an instrument. I can't sing. Yes, you can. Take guitar lessons. Take drum lessons. Take piano lessons. Take voice lessons. Take some kind. Take banjo lessons. <laughs> I don't know. Take something. Do something. Don't give up on this. You say, well, Pastor Brian, their lives are so better than mine. When If you keep thinking that keep comparing yourself to others, that's dangerous too. Stop that. This is not the Kardashians. This is the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, or this phrase, I'll be happy when. That's not going to work either. Listen, if you keep putting life off until, you know, this certain place in life when you're making this amount of money, no, that's not, that's not happiness. Enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. Thank God for reaching certain levels financially. Say that, you know, if, if having a second vehicle is your aspiration to happiness, well, that's fine, but that's not going to make you happy. That's not going to satisfy you. What satisfies you is the way you think and your relationship to God, not by what you have. And it's important to you have things. Please, I am all for you having vacations. I'm all for you having those toys you want to have with an extreme and also if your wife is in, is in agreement. Okay, men? I mean, you know, two motorcycles, I don't know, <laughs> or things like that. I mean, you know, again, I mean, how much, how much can you have and not be in debt? Those are the questions. But it's not about having 
things. If having things and having money would make you happy, people in Hollywood would be the happiest people in the earth, would they not? Money doesn't make you happy. It makes you complete as far as satisfaction and the ability to be able to do things. But real peace comes, in my opinion, when you're not comparing yourself, but you're looking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is your Father. He is God. He is in control. He has everything you'll ever need. God is not poor. He's not broke. He's not an old man. He is not haltered in any way. He is the richest being in the universe, and that's your Heavenly Father. And when you have that kind of mindset, then then everything before you is moving forward. When you say phrases like this, this kind of thing always happens to me, and and you're saying that constantly, that's dangerous. Well, Pastor Brian, you just don't know. I'm going to get sick. It's flu season coming up. I'm just going to have it. It just comes every October. I just know I'm going to have it. I I can already feel it happening. And uh, I mean, you know, I mean, really, do do you want to deal with that again? It's allergy season. I understand that. And I battled through those things too, but you know, I'd make my stand against that. I curse ragweed every single day. <laughs> I curse those things every day. Now, I watch my ability to go outside sometimes, and I watch other things, and I take some preventative things, like I take some drops and stuff that I use. There were a friend of mine that has the number one allergen uh, product here in Texas, and I use those as a preventative and some other things that I do. I mean, you know, again, but I'm not going to go out believing for that, and you shouldn't either, but it's dangerous when you do that. Here's another one. I wish I was like them. Again, stop comparing yourself. You are who you are. You are the most unique person on this earth. There is no one else like you. God uniquely created you. Here's a, here's a good one. I am such a fool and an idiot. <laughs> don't say that. You're not. You're a smart person. You don't have, Listen, I know people that have degrees and all that that are not quite as smart as you would think when it comes to practical sense. Then I know people that have, you know, uh, just a high school education and they're brilliant. I mean, it, it, does, it really doesn't matter. And all it comes down to the individual. And yes, I do know some people that, are, that have doctor's degrees that are absolutely very wise people and thank God for them. It's all about you. And when you stop regretting who you are and, and stop putting aside and comparing, you say, well, Pastor Brian, I wish I could have done this in my life. It's never too late to do anything. There was a lady, 92 years old, that graduated from the University of Oklahoma last May. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I mean, graduated with two degrees from the University of Oklahoma. And they interviewed her and said, well, why did you do it? She said, I just wanted to do it. And I've always, I, I, put, I put my children, my grandchildren first and my job. And I thought, well... Her husband died. She said, I had this money left. And she said, you know what? I'm going to retrain my brain. (laughs) So she went to school and got not one degree, but got two. Isn't that awesome? And uh, she said she's going to work on her master's at 91 years old, (laughs) going into 92. You say, that that inspires me, ladies and gentlemen. That inspires me. I was with a 91-year-old man this past week for lunch here in Alabama, a friend of mine, Margaret's, and he was just awesome. I didn't know he was 91 until he told me he was 91. I mean, he acted like he was 41. I mean, what an amazing man. Owned a business, still owns a business. His children owned a business. I mean, just full of life and full of health and full of I can instead of I can't. And I'm telling you what, people like that absolutely are inspiring. Because listen, if you say that you can't, 
when God says you can, then you're violating a spiritual law because he says you can. And when you trust him as far as the ability to do things through him, I'm telling you what, it may not be absolutely perfect, but God will take you on a journey when you retrain your mind and say, you know what, I can do this. I am not going to quit in this situation. I can either lose that weight or I can do this or I can have this or I can obtain to this or I can do this through the Lord. I'm telling you what, when you have that kind of thinking that comes from the Lord, that by faith, I'm telling you what, it changes everything. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. This is in the Amplified. Healthy thoughts release chemicals such as endorphins and serotonin in the brain's natural pharmacy. And I think you need to release that in your life. Watch this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. It says, do not fret. This is in the Amplified version. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything I like to add in anyone. But in every circumstance and everything by what? Prayer and petition, definite request, that means specific request, with what? With thanksgiving. Not complaining, not griping, but with thanksgiving. Do What are you doing? Continue to make your wants known to God. So let's go back to it. Hold on, I'm sorry, verse 6 again. Let me go through this one more time. Do not fret, or, or I like, that's, that's a sort of an English word there. Do not have anxiety about it. Refuse that anxiety. And you've got to talk to anxiety like you talk to a, some, a cat or a dog, a stray dog that's sold your house, even though we have two stray cats at our house. But anyway... <laughs> You got to talk to some things and say, you're not going to be here. And you got, look what it says in every circumstance and everything by prayer and petition with definite requests with thanksgiving. Lord, I just want to thank you that I can do this through you. I want to thank you that my body belongs to you. I want to thank you my life belongs to you. Maybe, and again, please, we can't control the will of another person, okay? But we can control our will. We can control what we can influence. And notice what it says right here. With thanksgiving, we continue to make our desires known to God. Show me what I'm doing in this area. I know that you can't miss it, but I know that I can. Show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to say. Show me what I don't need to say about this situation. Show me how to talk to my body. My mother this week, was. she was looking at my arm. She said, son, I'm just amazed at your skin and how it just looks so youthful. You know, that's what she said, her exact word. She said, you're doing really good. I'm about to be 60 in December, and your skin is just so healthy. And uh, she said, look at my skin. I said, oh, mama. <laughs> anyway, her skin was. And uh, anyway, I said, I, I said, well, mother, what? she said, what do you do? I said, well, there's certain things I use on my skin. And, uh, but I said, you know what the main thing I use? I said, I use the word of God. Back there in the book of Job, it says that he would give us new skin like a child's. And I say that every single day over my skin. I look in the bathroom and I talk to my body. I say, stomach, go up. <laughs> Muscles get stronger. I've sort of given up on the hair thing. So anyway, <laughs> other than that, I mean, I really have. I, I, you know, I look at Tom Cruise, and I'm just amazed at his hair and his body at 61 years old. And I'm like, anyway, I, I, I'm going to do everything, but, but I'm not going to jump off a mountain. Anyway, but <laughs> like Tom Cruise. But my point is, I talk to myself in the mirror. What are y'all talking about when you look in the mirror? I won't even go there, okay? But I, I said, mother, I said, I talk to my skin. Because, I, I, you know what, I am not going to look, you know, old And when I get older. I'm just, I refuse to be that way. There was this lady, you know how Facebook, as a pastor, I'm on Facebook. 
And this, uh, and a lot of friends, you know, I get a lot of friend requests of people I don't know and people like that. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nice to everybody. I will accept that. I go through it and I, I reach out to people. And so I just won't, you know, I, I'm, I'm sensitive to it. But this lady had reached out to me. She was in, she was in her forties and I make it clear that I'm married, like I'm some whatever Tom Cruise type guy on Facebook, whatever. But I made it clear that, you know, I'm married and all that. But she was amazed. She was looking at my pictures on Facebook and she said, uh, how old are you? I said, well, I'm about to be 60 years old. And she said, well, you don't look 60 years old. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> so I said, I appreciate that. And come to find out she was a skin, I forgot what you call it, one of those kind of, it was a dermatologist, but it was another branch of that. Anyway, she studies skin, especially for females. And she actually uh, did skin, she does skin for professional models and people like that to really help them have that natural radiant deal. That was, that's one of her things in New York. But she was amazed at my skin. And I come back and I said the same thing I said to my mother. Here's the verse of scripture and all that. She said, I've never heard anybody base their skin on the word of God. I said, it's the most powerful thing you can do. It's the most powerful thing. And I said, here's my little trade secret. I said, I use sunscreen. I use a lot of sunscreen because I have red hair and a light complexion. So I keep sunscreen on. And uh, she said, that's, that's a wise thing. There is a man at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, a professor friend of mine. He is uh, 85. He's been using sunscreen since, he was, since they invented it, basically. And I want to tell you what, that man may look 85, but ladies and gentlemen, I'll show you a picture this man, he has to look like he's at least 45 or 50. That is amazing how he has done that. He has done the very thing I'm telling you, which is he's acted on the word of God and he's used sunscreen of all things. He said the Lord spoke to his heart and to put sunscreen on because he's lived in Texas all his life. And he looks young. Isn't that awesome? He said, Pastor Brian, that can't really happen. Yes, it can. If you keep looking in the mirror and say, I'm getting wrinkly and crinkly, then that ain't right, okay? Stop doing that in Jesus' name. The older you get, the what? The better you get. One more time. The older you get, the better you get. In the Lord now, in the Lord, okay? Now you can, and again, uh, you say, well, Pastor Brian, do I need to go get a surgery? I, I don't, I'm not saying to go get a surgery. I'm just saying I would rather speak the word of God. I've seen some people with those surgeries and bless their hearts, it's terrible. <laughs> Okay, I'm saying to do it the natural way or the God way. Listen to these things. We can think on specific things as it says here in this verse of Scripture. Let's continue to hear on the verse of Scripture. I think it was at verse number 7. Let's go to verse 8, please. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, this is what you're supposed to think. Whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, what is honorable, seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure. Notice this. Whatever is of love, lovable, whatever is kind, winsome, and gracious. Watch this next verse, verse number nine. Check this out. If there's any virtue or excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, watch this. Everybody say it. Let's read this last phrase. Think on and weigh and take account of these things. Notice this last phrase. Fix your mind on them. Fix your mind on them. I would encourage you to have your own sheet about your life. Talk to your body. Talk, and again, this is not mind over matter. This is God's science. But listen, if you're speaking faith, if you're speaking hope, if you're speaking to things in a positive way, I mean, listen, I, I am entrenched in the fact that Psalm 91 is the anthem of my life. 
that I say of the Lord every day over you and over my family, I say of the Lord that you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you're my God, and you do we trust. That is the anthem of my life. And again, I'm not talking about controlling people, but I am talking about controlling me. Let me show you this one illustration as we get ready to close here. Your words have power. I'm going to do a little illustration I've done before, but bear with me. I want you to start counting to 10 in your mind, okay? When I tell you to start counting 10, I want you to start counting to 10, and here we go. So are you ready? Start counting to 10 when I say to Ready, go. Now stop and tell me your name out loud. All right. What happened to your counting? It had to stop, didn't it? Because you know what? Your mind responds to who? Your mouth. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you were counting right away. Weren't you 10, 9, 8, 7, 6? And all of a sudden, when I got to basically 5 and you had to say your name, which is Brian in my case, what happened? Your entire focus shut down from your mind to your mouth. Your mouth is powerful. But now think about that in the other way. If you keep saying those words out of your mouth constantly, and I'm not talking about the words we say in here. I'm not necessarily talking about cuss words. I'm talking about phrases that you just keep saying over and over and over and over and over again. Okay? I'm not talking about necessary profanity, and profanity is wrong. I'm talking about spiritual cussing. Spiritual cussing is where you keep damning yourself. Spiritual cussing is where I can't. And you keep rehearsing that over and over and over. As the verses of Scripture I read, it gets dangerous and more dangerous. Let me tell you this, or let me leave you with this quote. Speaking and thinking God's word over your life will detox your brain and will change that negative thinking into healthy thinking. I promise you, if you take promises from God's Word, if you take a handful of those and speak those every day over your life and just declare those things over your life, not mind over matter necessarily, I'm talking about faith in God's Word and thanksgiving to Him, it will begin to change the dynamic in your life. One of the things I do for our household is I continually speak peace This house is a house of peace. That Sheila and I have a peaceful relationship. That we work together. We have harmony. We'll be married here going on 29 years of relationship, knocking on 30's door here next week, actually. But what do I do? Is it because I'm kind and all that? I do my best to be kind. I do my best to be thoughtful. I do my best to do things where we work together. But also there are certain things I say over Sheila every single day. Not that I'm trying to control her with my words, but I'm speaking what God would say over her. Because if I truly love someone, then I want God's best for their life, and God's best is to speak God's word over their life. Is that the greatest gift you can do for another human being? Is it not? I mean, thank God for giving them money and support and encouragement, but giving them God's word and God's hope and God's life and your affirmation. And being sensitive to the fact that, you know what, I'm going to say that over them. I'm going to believe the best for them. And let me tell you something. Things you may think are silly about saying things over your body and all that. I'm going to tell you something. I'm I'm proving it. I am proving it. Everything but my hair. Jonathan and I have just the perfect haircut. We're going to leave it at that. But other than that, I'm going to continue speaking God's word over my life. Because let me tell you something. It's not just powerful. It's peaceful. And when you have a peaceful body, you can live long and you can live strong and you can enjoy where you are and the way you're where you're going. I'm going to lead you in prayer over some things. Our worship team's going to come up. And as they're coming up here, I just want to pray over some specific things in our lives. And uh, one of those things I want to pray over is your body. 
is they're coming in place. I just want you to let them get set up, and they're going to lead you in this last song. And this is important because we're going to have a time of worship here. But also, I don't want to lead you in a time of just talking to God about you. Maybe you've had some things that you've been saying. Maybe there's some things that are on my list that you've been saying that you should not be saying. Maybe the Holy Spirit's convicted you of some things that you should stop saying about your life and your body. You said, Pastor Brian, I was just saying it jokingly. Well, I know that, but this is serious business, is it not? We don't need to play around with words. We don't need to play around with certain things. God wants you well. He wants you whole. And I know that people, unfortunately, die from sickness and disease. And I can't answer every situation. I don't know the ramifications for all things, but I do know this, that God is good, that we can trust him, and that he loves us, and he has given us a very powerful very powerful weapon, our mind and our mouth. And when we connect them together, please, I'm not talking about you going around and just being so succumbed to your words that you can't say anything. I'm talking about those phrases basically that you say by yourself. That's what I'm really talking about. And maybe there's some things you're saying to others, but those things that you, when you talk to yourself, let's address that right now. Won't you, won't you go on a 30-day expedition with me about your words? And again, please, you say, Pastor Brian, if I stand up and say God's going to bring me a million dollars today, well, I mean, you know, somebody the other day, a couple weeks ago, brought a lottery ticket and wanted me to pray over it and said that they would give 10% to the church. I said, okay. I said, well, whatever you want to do there, I don't really... I don't know what to say to that, okay? I said, if you want to lend the lottery, praise the Lord, okay? We can help build Hughley Hospital in the church, okay? I understand that. I said, won't you just serve God and honor Him financially? You'll always have a winning ticket with them. You know what they did? They tore the ticket up and walked away. <laughs> so, I said, Pastor Brian, you was right, I was wrong, but I would have win that jackpot. I said, nothing wrong with playing the lottery if you want to play the lottery. I mean, listen, I'm just talking about you're a child of God. You don't necessarily, you know, luck is not in your lives. Faith and hope is in our lives. Let's say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, you're the high priest of my confession. And so right now, I ask you to guard my words, control my words, and help my words to honor you, to honor my life, and honor everyone in my life. Forgive me for any words that I have said that have dishonored you, your purpose or your plan for my life. I submit this day to your kingdom come, your perfect will being done. In my body, I receive healing and health. In my mind, I receive peace. And in my emotions, I receive stability. All through you, Lord Jesus, I receive from you right now to be the very best you've called me to be and minister that to others in Jesus' name. Amen.